Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams. And you're watching. Nope, you're not. You're <laughs> listening to Wine. <laughs> Why not? A uh, queer podcast. Episode 50. 50 of these. You'd think I'd get that right. <laughs> You'd think so. Some people might be watching. Some Someday. <laughs> I mean, we're recording. So eventually, eventually will. someone will watch someone this. Will. <gasps> It'll be like, you know some horrible accident and we'll be gone and then somebody will find these and like let's put them out there it, like the dinosaurs <laughs> and much like the dinosaurs they will reassemble us in the wrong order and we will look like terrible lizards have you seen the movie um asteroid not the stupid asteroid one, but City. the good one what oh uh deep, deep, impact. deep impact yeah yes <laughs> um so there's a line in there that I, I just watched it recently. It's been on uh, Sling a lot, and mm. I just watched it. And there's a line that I love when the people in the NASA. I'm not doing air quotes, by the way. <laughs> Put your claw down. <laughs> Sorry, you don't know how hard Jed laughs about that. Um, the people in the the astronauts in the shuttle, yeah. and when they make the decision that they're going to go back to the asteroid and they're going to. Die. Sacrifice themselves for um, the betterment of humanity. When they realize that they're all going to die, the um, one one lady uh, she goes, "Well, at least we'll all have high schools named after us." So every <laughs> time I think about like death or dying, I'm like, "Ooh, I hope it's in a way that they name a high school after me." I'd like a I'd like a high school named after me. No, I wouldn't. Do you want it to be a magnet school or just a regular public school? <sighs> like if it was in New York, it'd be like P.S. Jeremy Williams. <laughs> I want it. I want it to be. Uh, just a, just a poor little elementary school. So the the kids are going to school. And like, I don't want to go to Jeremy today. I hate Jeremy, I hate Jeremy. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Jeremy ruins my life. <laughs> and then the mothers are like, "You're going to Jeremy." <laughs> I, like I don't. That. I don't think they're going <laughs> to name all schools after you. <laughs> like they're not giving you the word schools. Just they should. One. They should. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, episode fifty. Episode fifty. Do you know what's exciting about fifty? Uh, not much. Like, where <laughs> should we kick and stretch? Ah, fifty. Mm. Um, is that we're 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 really close to our year. We are. But that's also the bad thing because we haven't really. We should plan something. We yeah. We need to put something together. We should. Um, that, that and we will more than thirty minutes before the fifty-second podcast. Something big will happen on the one-year mark. Yes. Stay tuned. You know, we learned something with this. I'm talking guy. to you. You stay tuned because <laughs> we have no clue what it is. Um, so I have to point this out. Yeah. We're going to talk about Christmas stuff later, but I'm going to I'm going to repeat this because I just told you this. But Dylan gave me this bracelet, right? Yeah. And it, they two two came in a pack, and they each have a magnet on them. So like when you hold hands and you're walking, mm-hmm. they will link together, and it's like it's gay, it's cute. Uh, but the is mics, it only for gay people? I I don't know. Oh. It should be. The way be. you said that, it's like it's very gay. It's very gay. Uh and but but the the mic stand is made of metal. So whenever I reach for uh, something, yeah. I get stuck mm-hmm. to the thing. Can you hear that? No, probably not. Um I so well thank you. It's working. So but anyway. It's, it's a cute gift. It's very nice. What was, else did you was, get for Christmas? I was in the process of, of talking about something else, and then that clinked, and I said that, and I lost my train of thought. Um, but I want to say we learned something this last episode. Yes. And that is that when it is a holiday, um, our team- Distributor. Our distributor doesn't work on holidays <laughs> at all. So uh, we recorded last Thursday mm-hmm. for the- Well, 
it was a week ago, right? Yeah, for last the, Thursday. For, yeah. the, for the Christmas episode. The Look, Christmas I did episode. Right. Very I did nice. Quotes, right. Beautiful. The Christmas episode. And it didn't show up until the day after Christmas. Yeah. So if you and your loved ones gathered around the living room radio with the fire going and your fireplace and, your and snow drifting down and your spiked eggnog, ready to hear the, the humorous tellings of Rick and <laughs> Jeremy. You were screwed. What a terrible Christmas it turned out to be. It's like Santa did not show up. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to, we. I just didn't want us to get into this whole thing about like, it's New Year's Day. How was, how was your New yeah. Year's Eve? Yeah, no, you're, this is January 2nd, yeah. the best you're going to get with this um, one. Yeah, total cast. And for those, um, since we're at that part of the of the script, uh, make sure to give us a like on Facebook and Instagram. And when you go there, you are going to see no posts from the last episode because I did posts. I created them. I put them up and then realized that the episode was not up. So when you were like, oh, yeah, he said it's going to go up today. So I pulled them all down and I was like, oh, OK, I'll put them up with the episodes ready. And then I forgot to put them all back up. So well, they can go up tomorrow. Yeah, or... they'll go up tomorrow. But um, for those of you who were uh, our loyal fans and you saw all those wonderful posts, and then you're like, was I Mandela affected? What happened? <laughs> they were up there. I just pulled them all down. Yeah. The original uh, version of this podca- podcast was wine, wine, always. Yeah. Now it's wine, wine, never. <laughs> well, for one of us. Good good for knowing you. Never say never. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> You know, I went, to, I went to dinner on Christmas Eve. And I tell you what, my, I joke around about drinking all the time. Yeah. And some people just don't like that and they get all like frowny people who are like you or people who people feel who bad on your behalf me oh i got you are like you better not i'm like oh relax i've made it eight years it's okay um it's kind of the same thing but not the same thing but when i make age jokes people hate it <laughs> <laughs> i learned that a long time ago i'll tell you um because i'm old yeah uh when when i was in my late 20s and i was the administrative assistant at watermark there was an an old person older than me mm-hmm. who was our sales manager, and he hated it when I would make jokes. I was like, "I'm so young, I don't know what you're talking about." Ha ha ha! And <laughs> you you probably can't see or hear anything. And can you drive at night? Ha ha ha! He hated that, and I learned don't don't make old jokes to yeah. old people. They don't like. He didn't it. like that you were ageist towards him. <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole! <laughs> Is this who I'm thinking it is? <laughs> I mean, there's only one. There can be only one. You know what? I do orientations for people at Watermark. Mm-hmm. I tell them about him and somebody calling him old man. And um, I might as well just tell them about the jokes I told him <laughs> rather than somebody else calling him an old man. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Um, I don't make. I don't want it to be out there like I just make age jokes all the time. First off. I have it, so calm down. Secondly, the only my yeah, favorite old people my, put your typewriters down and don't be mailing us. Um, my favorite joke that that drives my mother nuts, um, but uh, several of my friends it drives them crazy. Is uh, I uh, I watch South Park quite often, and there was an episode where Cartman um, got HIV. Um, and uh, whenever they would ask him I something, mean, that's not, I'm not laughing at that. I just know where this is going, yeah. and I find and, it funny. Uh, and they're like, he's like, he'll say something. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, I'm not only sure. I'm HIV positive. So I did, when I found out I was diagnosed many years ago, I would do that joke. 
and it would make everyone uncomfortable. I was like, what the hell are you all uncomfortable for? I have it. <laughs> but, I like to sometimes because um, I don't feel like I can finish that joke. Yeah. I'm not allowed to. So I will often say, are you sure? <laughs> or if somebody asks me if I'm sure, I'll say, I'm not sure. I'm not just sure. Anyway, you get the gist. Yeah. I, I, I pick up what you put down. I think sometimes you just got to laugh at the uncomfortable. You got to laugh at it, yeah. You know? Like, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I shouldn't drink. Yeah. I can joke about it. I have a follow-up with my uh, proctologist. And if I found out find out that I have any form of cancer, you're going to get a whole round of new jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Got them all. Saved I don't up. think I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this. We're gonna. We're gonna have a, a, a ten minute segment at the beginning for you to tell all those jokes. Yeah. And afterwards, I'll press record. Nice. <laughs> the world will never know. <laughs> so I got in the habit too of like sniffing wine, just like like recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. um Well, not like snorting it, just sniffing it. So like if. Uh, if if uh, Dylan's drinking wine, I'll yeah. smell it to see like, oh, that's probably good or that's probably bad. And I was at dinner and and went to sniff his wine, and I don't think everybody at the table knew that this was something that I do, and they all oh, freaked out. Yeah, I was like it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If they're not used to seeing you do that, like if you had a bump of coke and you put it up to your nose just to sniff it to see what it smelled like, they probably would freak out. I've never used Coke, so I'm assuming that's how you do it, right? You sniff it. Huh? No? Oh, no? I haven't either. We have but a new studio people... audience member, so I was looking that way. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're in a hurry, a, a key will do nicely. <gasps> Can if, I just say- If you've got some time, roll up a dollar bill, but if you're fancy, roll yeah. up a 20. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I can't remember when it came out, but that movie, um, Cruel Intentions, came out, and- uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar had that um, the rosary beads where you unscrewed the top oh, of the cross yeah. and it was the key. And as a teenager, um, I remember thinking, I don't know if I'll ever use Coke, but if I do, I absolutely want that. <laughs> that is how I will take my Coke. Well, if I draw your name next year, <laughs> I will get you rosary and an eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> Never too late to try it. So did you do anyway. anything this week? Um, I know it's 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 only been a couple, I feel like it's only been a couple of days, so it's not much. So I wrote some questions down so I mean, that we could talk about Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, we we had Christmas. Well, let's talk about Christmas. Do you have any traditions? Do you do any traditions or um, did you get anything exciting? We started, I think, a new tradition. This is the first year we did this. At least I I've participated in this. Would you um, say it was the first anniversary? Right. What did the, what did the people say? <sighs> what did the people say that we that we would wish they didn't? The first annual. Oh right. We talked about this. Over Christmas with my family, we were talking. Somebody brought up the first annual something, and I was like, "No, no, I'm gonna." I schooled them. Did I was you like, throw your AP style book at them? I, I <laughs> yes, I flipped the tree. I sat them all down. We had a nice, uh, 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 well, not even just AP, just an English lesson. I was like, <laughs> if something is annual, it means it has happened more than once. You can't have something that's annual that it's the first one. You can't. You can't read the future. You don't know if it's gonna be an annual. And somebody said the first annual something. And I was like, no, no, that's not going to – we're not just going to let that hang in the air like that's right. <laughs> I'm um, sure they loved you being corrected. Actually, that's what I do. <laughs> I like to push up my glasses. I'm like, actually. Um, no, but uh, my uh, family lives up – or parts of my, part of my family lives up in uh, southern Georgia. And my niece, uh, who's in high school, is part of uh, FFA, the Future Farmers of America. And part of her 
So far, this is all tracks. Uh, part of her um, assignment, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, extra credit. I don't know. It's something to do with the, the club. They all raise pigs. And then after you raise the pig, you show the pig. And not just like two people. There's like a show. Yeah. Um, they, they, they do the, the I watch the Modern show. Family. I know. Yeah. Um, and then they slaughter the pig. And then you start over the next year with a new pig. So um, this Christmas, we ate a ham from that pig. Of oh. la- her last year's pig. I also got to meet this year's pig, knowing <laughs> that next year I'm going to eat that pig. Um, so I guess this is going to become a new tradition if I go home for the holidays. Um, so I, I, a tasty pig. That is some fresh pig. Uh, it's good ham. Uh, and he gave me a couple of, my brother gave me a couple of ham hocks to bring home. So I'm going to make some uh, ham hock, uh, ham and cabbage and uh, some ham and beans. Now, I usually just order ham. You know, in slices from the grocery store. Sure. So, what 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 part of a pig is the hawk? The hawk is like its ankle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's very meat, uh, or it's uh it's got the bone in the middle, and it's got the meat and the skin around it, and it's very tough meat. So you soak it. You, you like put it in a crock pot, or you put it on the stove for hours, and you soak it in beans or cabbage, and then it gets all that delicious ham flavor in your veggies. Hmm. Uh, and then you pull the bone out. And you chop up the ham, whatever ham's on the the ankle. I feel like once in my life mm-hmm. I was at a party where there was a whole pig, and you were just, people were just digging in it. Yeah, and I can't do it. Nothing. Again. And I know that this probably upsets your husband to think about this, to hear about this, because your husband does not like eating meat off of a bone. No, he won't eat chicken wings. No, he, he yeah. hates it. I feel more like a man. <laughs> When I am ripping meat off of a bone. And I don't mean like, you know, mm, I feel like a man. I feel like a primal caveman. If I'm holding on to a bone and I'm ripping flesh off to sustain my body, I feel so manly at that moment in life. I think that's what straight men feel like. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure because I've never been one. I haven't asked one. But uh, I feel very manly when I rip meat off of a bone. Um. I just okay. So let's just ask the question then. Yeah. If there are any straight men who listen to this podcast, shoot us an email and let us know. Yeah. If if ripping meat off of a bone is what you feel like, is that what it's like to be a straight man all the time? Because it, I it's nice, but it's exhausting. <laughs> so so much meat. I don't think. Yeah. I just I couldn't do it. Couldn't um. Do it. But then I heard somebody say that like oh the. You know the stuff in the in the face of a pig is the most delicious, and I'm like, I oh. couldn't, could never do it. Here's all I know: is most ham that people eat, I'm pretty sure, is the ass of the pig. Uh, it's the. It's, I, I thought for sure you were gonna say. I think that most of the ham people eat kind of comes from a pig. So I'm you're eating sure it out of, of the pig anyway. I'm pretty sure all of the ham does. <laughs> um, but the main, like the big hams that people get, they're like the ass of the pig. And then you've got, like, the ribs, and the bacon is the belly. Have you ever seen, like, bacon before it sliced up? It's just the belly of the yeah, pig. that's what they call it, pork yeah. belly. Um, but, I mean, all the loose stuff, like the stuff you don't eat, doesn't that basically just get ground up and put in your hot dogs? And I feel like that's where the face meat goes. And if that's true... Hot dogs are good. Then they're, hot dogs are delicious, so they must be right. The toes and the tails and the faces are no. delicious. Hot dogs come from pig fingers and mm. toes. And they just cut them off, and there's hot dogs right there. There's nothing gross about them. What's in a beef hot dog? Is that a cow toe? It's cow fingers. Oh. <laughs> what, what's the a, things I need to tell myself so that I can eat What is in a veggie food. hot dog? Is it? Yeah, a, it's a cucumber. Oh, 
Mm. It already has pickles. Do you remember when we watched Cucumber? I haven't thought. I haven't thought of you in eighty-four years. <laughs> um, what a weird so, show. Yeah, yeah, what a weird show. I think we talked about it on here. We did, did. we? Yeah, you you talked about it. Fifty episodes. You never know. Um, <laughs> somebody should really take notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was the tradition. Pigging. Oh yeah, that's the new tradition. Other than that, do you name they, the pig? They did. I don't know the name of the pig. My sister-in-law would not eat it. My sister-in-law, who is my obviously my niece's mother, um, that's how that's how that all works. Um, she wouldn't eat it. She because they knew the pig and they raised the pig and they named the pig. And I was like, well, don't name the pig. And she they just she got too attached, so she didn't eat the ham. Um, and she doesn't really eat when my brother gets it butchered, and then he's got it all in his freezer. Um, as far as I know, she doesn't eat any part of the pig. She won't eat that pig. Um, she's like you. She'll go to the grocery store. If it's packaged up in bacon shape, she's oh, like, ah, that's not real pig. That's just bacon. But she goes there, and she goes to buy it, and on a, on the label it says, this is Becky. <laughs> oh, no. That's sad. Um, but I, di- I did go with my brother out um, because we had to go feed the new pig. Um well, you got to get him fat and yeah. ready to eat. So we drove out to the school, and you go behind the school, and they've got like a big, um, like a little barn there. Um, and you go in, and they're all in these individual little pens, and they live in the pens. And they just, you, they only leave the pens when the the student who's in charge of that pig comes in, takes them for a little walk, and runs them around. But they live in these cages. They're better off as dying and being meat for us because they live terrible lives. Well, they're they're better off not being in the cages. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but if you're going to leave them in the cages, then they're better off just being eaten. Well, I mean, the the reality is is that if people are going to eat ham, pigs are going to be the source of that, and they're going to yeah, be raised. I don't mind but that. There should just be in let my them mind, free reign. right? There's a big, there's a there's huge a huge pin where they let them run around. Well, leave them and in then that. they, I was, I ta- that's exactly what I said. Then they put them in their cage. I said, just let them run around the pen. No, you can't do that. Why? Why? That's what I said. And the answer that I was told was, you can't do that. You just can't. And I don't accept that as an answer. I don't either. I, what are they going to do? Have fun and they won't taste as good? What are they going to pork each other? <laughs> They'll just make more. Yeah. More for the They'll eating. They'll just make more bacon and ham <laughs> for you to have for the holidays. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> it was delicious ham, and, but I did heard, feel bad for the pigs. I mean, because you said that they were gonna pork. Yeah. Uh, do you do you know that that pigs have like extremely long orgasms? Did that word come out right? It's it's, it's not like you were drinking some of my wine. It slurred <laughs> a little bit. Um, I I did not know that. Why do you know that? <laughs> oh, I thought that was a fact. Everybody. Knew. Oh yeah. I had no idea that they had long out- orgasms. Well, you look that up. Say, like, what animal has the longest orgasm? I'm pretty sure it's a pig. And I feel like I read it in a book or something. I've never... Were you reading pig porn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to make a fat joke about pig uh, porn, but I decided that. Um, it is. Yeah. All right. How long pig- is it? Pig porn. 30 to 30, 90, 90 minutes. Oh my God, that's too is much. Is the orgasm for the pig. Is that what it feels like to be a man? No. Now it's I, more like three seconds. Now I feel bad for eating the pig. I took that away from them. <laughs> you know what? You go ahead and live in that little pen. Yeah. And you, well, every day they don't for a have 90. anybody. Who, do they orgasm themselves? I don't know. Do can they, they like. Or, can they? Do they hoof? Is it called hooving? Do they hoof oh. off? Like kick it with hoofs. So weird. And it's like curly too, right? So it's going to be hard to. The tail. They're. 
penis? Isn't their penis curly too? Does it have a little? You know a lot skirt? about pigs' atom- anatomy <laughs> and their ma- sexual behaviors. This, this part I might be making up. It's because hey, look, the internet's been around for a while. It sure and, has, and I'm sure it came across in some weird email. I have been on the internet a lot. Minutes. Wow, I couldn't do it. That's too stressful. No. 90 seconds more like it. Um, anyway, um, so other than that, hey, the, the only other tradition uh, that happened this year was that we told everybody we're not getting gifts. And then I showed up and everybody got me gifts. <laughs> but I stuck to it and I didn't get nobody any gifts. So I felt like uh, I, felt, uh. I felt horrible. But um, I got some nice stuff. So, you know, oh, that's good. Did you get, what's your favorite thing that you got? Do you have a favorite? Um, yeah, me and uh, Chris, we actually decided to buy ourselves something for the same price and then just tell each other that's what we got each other for Christmas. Um, so he bought a really nice jacket for about $100, um, and I bought a uh, a Lego set for $100. And we just told each other, that's what I spent for you, for you to have that gift. So the Lego set is the um, Japanese Tranquil Garden, and it is gor- one of the most gorgeous Lego sets I've ever seen in my life. And it is just, it's like a little... Um, a Japanese hut, and it's got like Japanese plants and a little koi fish and a little pond, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And it's just, it's just a joy to stare at it and think, I wish I was there and not here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely, but that's just yeah. not how Christmas works. Uh, with us, it did. He's he's still up in uh, uh, doing his travel nursing thing, so we couldn't be with each other to give each other gifts. Oh, okay. So we just bought. You get a pass. We got bought what we wanted and just said, hey. You bought this something for you that's the same price, so we'll just say it's from each other. I was out shopping with Jen, and I was like, ooh, I like this. And she goes, do you want me to get that for you for Christmas? I said, no, this is not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to know. Yes. Yeah. I just don't. I love it. I prefer it. Nah. I don't like being surprised. I like to know exactly what I'm getting because uh, I know what I want. And uh, sometimes- Sometimes you don't know what you want. <sighs> sometimes I know exactly what I want. <laughs> You know what I want? I want to know what you did for Christmas. <laughs> How's your Christmas? It was good. Yeah? We have a tradition. It started when Jen's mom moved here. We all went to dinner on Christmas Eve to the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, very And nice. so we started doing that. Even when, even like during COVID, we would order it, pick it up, and and then we would, like everybody would order it for their house, and then um, we would eat on Zoom. Oh, very nice. Kind of thing. And then when it was kind of okay to go out, we went to... We went and sat outside. So it was kind of nice. But we did that, and my mom goes, and Dylan was able to go um, this year. He's been the last couple of years, so it was really nice. Um, we have a good time. The food's good. It's nice. just, I just, It was weird this year, though, because... Why? I'll tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was weird because usually we go there, and there's like an hour, an hour and a half wait. Yeah. We went there this time and went right to our seat. And when we left... There was nobody was waiting. This it was on we- Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's usually packed. Really, and it, and it wasn't. That's interesting. I find that very interesting. I um, we have never been the type of family who goes out to eat on Christmas Eve. This year, because we because the way my my brother's kids, some of them couldn't be there on specific days, so we shifted our days, and we actually did Christmas on Saturday. And then on Sunday, which was actual Christmas Eve, we all went to dinner. We went to Longhorns, and it surpri- the restaurant wasn't packed, but it surprised me how many people were- went out to dinner. 
because um, that's not something we generally I think, do. Uh, I think Christmas Eve is a big time where people go out to yeah. dinner, and I think Christmas Day they, they stay home. Well, yeah. because most restaurants are closed. Yeah. You know, we did for Christmas dinner. <gasps> I bet you did the same thing we did. Did you order Chinese food? We sure did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I loved it. You yeah. know, I, I'm like, I just didn't have the energy. Last year, I bought like a 300 dollar piece of meat that was like you know, to make prime what rib. was his name <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know i didn't catch it because i only had him for an hour oh. um actually at 200 bucks i mean at 300 i think you can get an hour and a half i wouldn't know that for sure i just think <laughs> i'm not generous uh all right what do they say what do the kids say are you jen are you jen yeah that means are is you that what they say i think it means are you generous i how i don't know i'm looking I looked over at Bubba like, um, you're younger than us. Tell me. <laughs> Is he accurate? Um, yeah. 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 As paying for sex. Oh, and they call that Jen? Yeah. Or, oh, right. I mean, I don't even know if like sex has to be a transaction. It could just be like, hey, are you, are you Jen? I'll send you, I'll send you a picture of me in my <gasps> underwear and you buy me a phone. Um, I will, I'll pull it up later. Um, I got in the, uh, on my email. Because I ordered a book, which I know is going to make my mother happy, but the type of book that to know is, that you read. <laughs> well, that it's a Bible. I ordered oh, a Bible. That's right. That's right. Um, but it makes me happy because it's the Gen Z version of the Bible. And so this guy on TikTok who takes the Bible stories and he rewrites them into Gen Z slang. And I got notification today that the book was uh, mailed to me, so it should be here in a few days. Uh, but I also he emailed me the digital version of it, and I was going through some of it, and. I don't understand anything. <laughs> I don't know what these can kids you, are can saying. Can you pick like something that you would normally know what it is and then read yeah, it? I mean, I'll yeah, I'll go through. You mean right now? Yeah, I'm kind oh. of. I'm kind of okay. interested. Um, I I plan to go through it and to see, um, like like in the it just in the beginning that thing, um, you know, like let there be light and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um. Well, this is like chapter four is the Christmas story. So this that was fun. is fun. Let's uh, do that one. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. After Gabriel ghosted Mary, she was vibing with the divine G within her. When Joseph realized something was sus, he was about to low key ghost her too. But an angel spilled the holy tea to him, saying, "Bro, chill, for the child is of the dying G or the divine G." So, without <laughs> saying a word, he says, "Say less." At the time, Caesar wanted to know how the math be mathin', so bro call just casually created mandatory road trips for everyone. Mary and Joseph yeeted from their hometown <laughs> and skirt to the city of Bethlehem for the census. When they rolled up to the inns where there where were no where there were no vacancies, uh, he popped that stable door open. Then Mary entered her motherhood era. And the son of the top G was born into the world. They named him Jesus, as Gabriel told them. The shepherds let them cook, for it was divinely bussin'. (laughs) All right. I think what I need to have happen Mm -hmm. is I need Disney to incorporate this in the candlelight. Oh, my God. I would love that. I think that they should And even rewrite the songs. I think they should have generational Bibles that fit into the slang slang from every generation and then whomever comes to the candlelight processional, whatever generation they're from, that's the Bible you read. I'm, 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 I'm down, I'm for, down it. for it. If, if you want to get me to church, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, if this was not, if he had not written the Gen Z Bible, 
I probably would have never bought another Bible in my life. But now, learning about the divine G, <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> anyway, so that's in the mail. It's hard copy. It's not only these delightful stories, but there's artwork in it. It's a gorgeous piece of I uh, want this. This needs to be a show, too. I want to watch this. Yeah, it's a TikTok channel. That's how I learned about okay. it. He reads them on TikTok. Ah, I can So um, that is uh, Gen Z's version of a TV show. <laughs> Well, since uh, since this will be airing in our new year, you know, I feel like there were two things we were talking about. And we got on tangents, and usually we make our way back to them, and 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 I don't remember what they were. So Christmas. we're not going to make our way back to it. Christmas is great. Christmas is good. Yeah. You got what you wanted. I you got what you wanted. You I got didn't what you really needed. have a list of much, but yeah, I mean, there was like things on a list, and I got those things, and it's great, and yeah. I really like them. Awesome. I mean, I think the thing, one of the things I'm most excited about, which is really lame, is. That I got two extra uh, bowls for my KitchenAid stand mixer, and I love that. And I got an extra whisk too. And I just when you're when you're making ice sugar cookies, which mm-hmm. Dylan and I love to do, and you're making different colors and different batches, like I have to stop every time and wash everything, and then wipe it dry, and then go yeah. again and do it over and over. And now I only have to do it every third time. It's amazing as you get older what Christmas gifts excite you. Socks, underwear, yeah. awesome. Socks and underwear I would have hated as a kid. I love when people buy me things like deodorant or shampoo or soaps and stuff. It's like, that shit I need. Yeah. Thank you for thinking of me and what I need, but I don't think about every day. That reminds me, I need to stop by after this podcast to buy a new face wash. <laughs> Let me make a, a big note. fan of like utilitarian. Is that what it is? Yeah. Utilitarian gifts. Um, so that's why I knew like, I was like, he'll, oh, he'll love a dishwasher. So give him that. Oh, yeah, it's not they, like, but you bought a couple of dishwashers this Christmas. <laughs> I did buy them. You buy, may tag well, Santa. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a new Hallmark movie now. <laughs> may tag Santa. I'd watch it. You know, like the, the rich girl comes home, the, the washer machine broke, may tag man comes over, they fall in love, and she stays in her hometown. Oh, bless their it, heart. It, it writes itself. Uh, my only thing is I hope the may tag man is a lesbian. We need more gay Hallmark movies. We don't have enough. <laughs> Please give us more that we can watch. Please more, sir. Um, so, yeah, what's funny about it is I bought, right, I think I told you about this. I bought gloves, like dishwashing mm-hmm. gloves and soap, like it's a funny. Dawn soap. You and... bought things that you would have to use to wash dishes, but now they have dishwashers. So they don't need them. That's the joke, <laughs> right? So, uh, but I, I bought them gift cards um, to purchase their own because I, I feel like it's something they're going to want. To, well, to, I mean, a dishwasher is a very personal thing. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> honestly, in my life, have never picked out the dishwasher I got. <laughs> uh, but I've never yeah, but owned, when a you home, own a home, so, yeah. you know, and you, I just get stuck and, with and, whatever and the apartment both, complex gave me. It, both the house in St. Pete and the house here mm-hmm. in Orlando, um, all the appliances, like when we bought the houses, all the appliances were white, and we've slowly You've been upgrading, been upgrading them, yeah. to stainless steel. And this this dishwasher is the last appliance in both houses that that needs to get fixed. So I bought. How the, mad would you be if you got to one of the houses and they went and bought a white dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it was for i you know i mean it's their money they can do what they want with I it i liked it uh but what if i was like what if they buy something other than a dishwasher completely and just keep the one that they have oh well you know i'd be like then i want it's my like gloves you know back. the the dishwasher idea was nice but what i really wanted was an outdoor grill <laughs> so i got it i mean i made it i bought gift cards at, at a big box um store yeah you know 
like a like you a, want your name like a, said? De- like a depot where they have a bunch of home stuff. Interesting. So what would you call <laughs> such a place? Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so I I packaged this stuff all up in a in, in in matching boxes and gave them to them at the same time. And they opened them up, and Jen just started cracking up, laughing, because she thought I bought her dishwashing gloves. She didn't see oh, the gift card not, in there. And then she, she was did not connect the no. dots. And then she was super excited about the Dawn dish soap. She was out of soap though. Yes, I must have been. There you go. And. So then I was like, at this moment, if someone walked through that door with an, a gift wrapped box and I opened it and face wash was in there, be super excited. <laughs> I would be creeped out. It would be, I mean, it would like, be creepy. Do you have this place bugged? But I'd be happy. So, so once they realized what it was, they were just like, oh my God, you bought dishwashers? Two of them? Yeah, it was fun. Again, as you get older, it's the, the practicality of the gift. I mean, you know. Toys are nice or, you know, fun, fancy jewelry, pretty, whatever. But it's the stuff that you're going to use every day that you don't necessarily think, Ugh, I got to spend my own money to buy that. Somebody else buys that for you. It's amazing. Best Christmas ever. Yeah. Well, now the Christmas is over and this will air in the new year. Do you have, are you a New Year's resolution guy? It's almost like you read my desk coming up in the next issue. Um, I talked about it. Okay. So um, what's so funny in your desk? What's that so made Ryan say, good job, oh, LOL. Um, okay, so... Uh, I mean, if I, you want to give it away. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, by the time that somebody actually watches or listens to this and it's been uploaded, uh, we're on the fourth issue of the year anyway. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I am a big New Year's resolution guy. I am also a usually quit my New Year's resolution by February guy. So um, I was reading statistics on, on New Year's resolutions and like 40% of Americans love making new year's resolutions but more than 80 percent of them are done by the end of january by the time february rolls around 80 percent of people who make new year's resolutions done with them i believe 30 percent of those done by the end of the first week so as a as a society we're not very good at keeping new year's resolutions so um I wrote about how my plan is to really keep to these New Year's resolutions. But something else I commented on, which I'm starting to notice come out this week as New Year's is – well, if you're listening to this last week, um, is the people <laughs> – two months ago. Yeah. Is the people who are not just writing, hey, I have a New Year's resolution to this, but the cynical people who are like, ugh, New Year's is on, uh, on Sunday, which means we're going to get everybody's New Year, New Me posts. It's like, don't be a dick about it. So when I'm talking about it, um, I talk about how I make New Year's resolutions um, and I, uh, I make mention in there the people who post it on social media. And when I talk about people posting on social media, um, it's almost time for the New Year, New Me res- uh, posts. I put it in the SpongeBob chicken font where it's like big letter, little letter, big letter, little letter. <laughs> Um, so that they're also saying known it as like, serial killer font. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you're making your stupid post. Says <laughs> out to mock the people who are mocking us, uh, who make resolutions. So that was the comment that Ryan had posted. Um, but I did decide uh, in my desk, I'm not going to call them New Year's resolutions, so I don't get called out on social media. Uh, I'm just going to call them um opportunities to better myself through the year and i've decided i'm not going to start until february because everybody <laughs> 80% of people stop them by february so if i start them in february 
I'm more likely to finish them. So, yes, long answer. I do make New Year's resolutions. Well, and good for you. No, I don't stick to them. <laughs> but I'm going to try this year. I don't think most people um, do. Because, oh, here's something else that happened over Christmas that is going to make me stick to my New Year's resolution. So in uh, visiting my family, we also uh, did FaceTime with my sister, who lives in North Dakota. <clears throat> and she's a uh, second grade school teacher up there. And she was talking about the things that the kids were working on before uh, they took Christmas break. And one of the things that she's having them do is they're learning about the presidents of the United States. And at the end of January, before they went on your Christmas break, every one of them picked a president. And at the end of January, they're going to do presentations dressed up as those presidents for the class. Um, So I thought that was a cute idea. And she was talking about the different presidents that people picked. And she said that the students were fighting over who got to get President Taft. And I said, why are they fighting? Was it your podcast? Huh? Was it your podcast speech? No. (laughs) Um, Oh, I did talk about this on the podcast, didn't I? Yes. Well, we talked about Taft. Yeah. And then we had Caitlin look up how how large he was. Yes. So um, she... The funny thing is, they were fighting because everyone absolutely loves Taft because he got stuck in a bathtub. (laughs) And I... Being the size of Taft, felt a little offended by that. <laughs> it means they love you. You could be their leader. I, could, I thought about it. I was like, should I fly up there at the end of January, dressed <gasps> as Taft, and be like, hello, children. I am President Taft, but have like half a bathtub taped yeah. to my ass like I couldn't get out of or, it? Or just be shirtless and then like have your sides really, really <laughs> red and you're wet. Why are you making fun of me? I'm not sure I can dress like that in a secret <laughs> classroom. That's <laughs> uh, North Dakota. They won't care. Um, you know, this will come up later because we're going to talk. If we yeah. get to the show, we'll talk about it. But one of the things that we decided to watch for this week was the movie version of Naked Boy Singing. Ugh. And I want to say, it, I don't know how you found it. But here's how you don't try to find it. Don't click the speech button on your remote control and say naked boy singing because an FBI warning will pop up and your name will get put on a list somewhere. Oh, I didn't even think about that. No, I went I was to. Like, I was like, the movie of the off-Broadway show, Naked Boy Singing. I went the, to still the, the warnings kept popping up. I went to the app Pluto and I typed in naked and it was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> so apparently that's the biggest thing on Pluto. Uh, about being naked is boys who sing. Well, I guess um, we should probably get moving along if we're going to get to talk about that. I'll just say, though, that um, I'm not necessarily a New Year's resolution kind of a person. Sure. Um, but I do have a goal for 2020, yeah. 2024, and it's to not die. That's an important <laughs> so, goal. So my goal, then, is to do things um, that will make it more likely that I carry yeah. on in this motivation room. of not dying is an excellent motivator. Yeah, it is. And I've had this thought for a couple of weeks now that I didn't want to die um, yet. Still, I went home for lunch and ordered two double cheeseburgers. So I do hope mm. <laughs> that I do change things. Do you know what I had for lunch? Cause I've been bringing lunch in this week cause I'm trying to be healthy, but also being a little thrifty. Um, I invented something last night that has probably already existed, but it was the first time that I had made it and tried it, and I call it Surf and Turf Chili, and I made chili and put chicken and shrimp in it, and you wouldn't think those two meats would go together, but they were delicious. Hmm. It was wonderful. I loved it. Good for you. Yeah. Threw some kale in there so my brother wouldn't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Now he knows your secret. (laughs) If he listens. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he did. He will. I'm sorry, Joey. I'll make you surf and turf chili without the kale. 
With extra mushrooms. With extra mushrooms. <laughs> chopped up and hidden in the sauce. No, I'm just kidding. My aunt actually did that to him once when we were kids. Uh, she made um, uh, Swedish meatballs and, and egg noodles. And she chopped up mushrooms and mixed them in the sauce. And he's sitting there eating. He's like, this is really good. And she's like, you like it? And he's like, yeah, it's really good. She goes, you really like it? He's like, yeah, it's very tasty. And she's like, I chopped up mushrooms and put them in the sauce. He's like, I thought it tastes like shit. <laughs> uh, you, um, your Joey voice sounds a lot like baby Jen Joey. singing. <laughs> that was baby Joey voice. Sounds he was a lot a like Jen singing and Jeremy telling people to stay out of the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, speaking of bathrooms, Maestro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, because what? Because they're both shit shows? Oh, no. Oh, well, no. Um, no, because something I learned about oh, um, Leonard right. Bernstein is he couldn't use the bathroom with the door closed. It's <laughs> weird to me. Anyway, so yeah, yes. I'm going to let you take this away, and then every once in a while, I'm going to tell you why I hated this. Okay, so. <laughs> no, I do want to say this right off yeah. the bat, uh, though, that. They're, everyone in it is very talented, right? Mm-hmm. And this show is just based on the uh, opinions of two nobodies sitting at their work desk, one drinking and How the other. How dare you first call this a work desk? This is a break table. Secondly, call me a nobody? I'm a somebody. My mom said so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. To the future farmers of America, <laughs> you're a very important person in South Georgia. Mm. Um, no, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like in the grand scheme of the yeah. world and aliens and the universe and the nine million different, you know, planet yeah. systems. We're just two people with an opinion. So if yeah. I say like, oh, this sucked, it's just my opinion sure. that it did. And it doesn't take away from the fact that, that the people involved in this are, are mega stars and they're probably very talented in what they do most of the time. It's just also none of them are listening. The, it's the, just that the, they all had the misfortune of, of having the to. The only person Bradley I will say tied to this movie who may be listening at all is Michael Yuri. And here, let me tell you why. Because. <laughs> That's the guy that was in the Christmas movie we yeah, didn't talk about. Yeah. Because. And he's in like three seconds of he this. He probably Googles himself. And found the episode where we talked about his Christmas movie, and he's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" But we never actually talked about a Christmas did we? movie. We just, oh, we, well, then nobody's we this film is listening it. to us. Well, he'll listen to it because he'll Google, and it'll. You know, the thing about him, and, and this is one thing I did not appreciate about this movie, mm-hmm. is that I was led to believe that that Matt Bomer was a big part of this movie. Uh, the um, the cameos. Okay, there was one little stat, and this is an AP story that came out uh, last week when uh, Maestro was released on Netflix. There are thirty nine speaking parts in this movie. Thirty nine, or I'm sorry, thirty eight cast members who have speaking parts in this movie. Twenty nine of them came from the a theater background, and a lot of them sought out this movie because they love and respect Leonard Bernstein so much. Um, so there are so many uh, really popular people who are popular theater people who have like one scene or like four seconds in the movie. Like Michael Yuri shows up for like four seconds with one line, uh, but they just loved Leonard Bernstein so much that they just wanted to be involved in the movie in any uh, faucet that they could. Well, it sounds like everybody in Hollywood who is as a name of any kind was involved. I mean, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, Martin directed, Scorsese produced it. Uh, produced Steven it. Spielberg produced it. Fred Berner. 
I don't know who that is. And then Bradley Cooper did and everything Bradley, else. Everything else. So, um, and this is, I think, one of the things, and we talked about this earlier, um, those kind of vanity projects. And during the, uh, the 80s and 90s, Barbara Streisand got labeled with this a lot. Um, but these people who star in a movie, direct a movie, write a movie, produce a movie, edit a movie, do everything in the movie, um, and they come off a little self-indulgent. Um, and I think that that's one of the problems with this movie is you just see Bradley Cooper's name everywhere, whether you're watching the movie or you're watching the promotions for the movie. And he's just attached to every aspect of this movie. And it just it's like, you know, well, give a job to someone else. You ain't got to do everything. Yeah, Sorry, and, the state of Montana was just calling me. <laughs> and, you know, the um, the thing about about this is. I mean, I've I've been racking my brain trying to think of an example of like where it worked, where somebody was just so passionate about a person or an event or something where they had to write and direct and star in the show. Mm -hmm. And because they were so passionate about it, I didn't get the sense at all that Bradley Cooper was passionate about Leonard Bernstein Stein. Yeah. Uh, but, according to the movie, it's pronounced Bernstein, Bernstein. But the entire time while I was making notes, I kept calling him Bernstein because of Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, okay. Um, so, but the thing about like that, my impression, right? Just my impression of Bradley Cooper is that he is not an actor. He is an actor, mm-hmm. and he has a craft and a method and and it just it comes across to me as just very insincere and so so i have a hard time like connecting with anything that he's doing especially in a show like this where he's where like i don't know like i wonder how much cocaine alleged um anyone had to do to be in this movie because it was just so yeah now um i liked his performance obviously better than you did. Um, a lot of this movie comes across as very self-indulgent. Um, I think Bradley Cooper is a fine actor. Um, this movie made me rethink whether he's a great director or not. There were some choices made that I was confused by. Um, but as far as the performances, and I don't know if you did this um, today before we started the podcast, but went back and watched any um, old videos of Leonard Bernstein uh, Bernstein or uh, Felicia Montalegre, Montalegre, who is his wife, right? Um, but after watching videos of how Bernstein performed and how they inter- there's video interviews with them interacting, um, it could it absolutely could have been Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan in these uh, archived videos. Yeah, you know, I, I I mean, I get that. They at the end of the movie they play. Um, they they play Leonard Bernstein doing yeah. something, and it looks just like Bradley Cooper did, you know. And I mean, I okay, I get it, it's fine. And yes, like mimicking somebody's heart, but he did have all that footage of all that stuff to work off of, you know. I just sort of like I think what what also is like I just have this bias that I've seen other movies, and I know that he's up for best actor, or that yeah. he's going to be up for best actor, and I just. I get annoyed at the fact that he could possibly win that, mm. knowing that there are other performances. You're going to hate this. Now, again, going into award season, things switch and change. He is currently the front runner to win best. The actor. movie just came out. Um, well, I mean, he's been the front runner for about a month now. So even before the movie came out, um, he was considered the front runner. Um, now, if this makes you feel better, um, he's probably going to miss out on best director. 
He's not going to get a nomination probably. For I can't that. imagine why. Um, but he's probably he's definitely going to get a nomination for best actor, and he's favored right now to win. Um, Golden Globe nominations came out. Maestro got nominated for best picture, best actor, best actress. Best makeup? I don't know if Golden Globes do best makeup. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, though. Whoever did his makeup yeah. it deserves an award. Yeah. I mean, it, that first scene where it's like where he's older and he's at the piano mm-hmm. playing, it looks like, I mean, that was a great job. And we looked it up. It's not CGI. None of it is. No, no, no. Yeah, it's all makeup. Yeah. yeah. And, and so whoever did his makeup did a very, very good job. Yeah. But... I kept the, maybe this is another disconnect for me in the whole movie. It looks just like Barry Manilow. You know what's interesting? I just kept thinking that's Barry Manilow. Is older Leonard Bernstein? Bernstein looks like Ian McKellen to me, <laughs> and I kept seeing Ian McKellen. And then as I'm watching the movie, um, because particularly if we're going to talk about the podcast. I will keep notes and look up things while I'm watching the movie. So I'm wa- looking up clips of Leonard Bernstein while I'm watching the movie. And about 15 minutes into the movie, because I looked up clips, I honestly, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I could say with uh, certainty, you did not feel this way. I completely, about 15 minutes in the movie, forgot that that was Bradley Cooper and thought it was Leonard Bernstein the whole time. 100% differently. I kept thinking, look at how hard Bradley Cooper is trying to be Leonard oh. Bernstein. Yeah. Now, I, after about 15 minutes, I absolutely loved his performance. Now, actor Bradley Cooper, I am going to separate from writer Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. and director Bradley Cooper because two things that drove me crazy in this movie. The first one is in most scenes, while the greater story, I knew where it was going had no idea what the hell was going on in this movie because all the scenes are just like rambling dialogue to each other that really doesn't have anything to do with the greater story. I asked the question in my notes is, was this scripted or was it improv? It felt very improv. Because a lot of it, especially with the the lead actress, she repeated herself over and over. One time she said the same thing like four times in a row. And I was like, this is really odd. Yeah. And also it's very like, um, like <laughs> this drug induced speed communication where there's just like, they're talking over each other and mm-hmm. just talking really fast. You know what? It, Cause the first 45 minutes of this movie are in black and white it takes place in the forties when they, the two of them met and it has a very old Hollywood film feel to it where it's that very um rapid fire dialogue back and forth to each other with those weird north england accents you know we started doing we're watching it we're like yeah see i'm gonna smoke a cigarette see yeah there it is i'm gonna blow smoke in your face the tobacco budget on this film must have been through the roof how did this man live to the age that he lived if 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 we're to believe this movie and that every waking moment of his life he had a cigarette in his mouth he woke up Mm-hmm. The phone was ringing. He woke up, grabbed a cigarette, lit the cigarette, answered the phone. It's funny because um, my mother and my brother, big Bradley Cooper fans. So we were talking about this movie while I was up there. And we put it on. Uh, me, my younger brother, Joey, and my mom started to watch it. And my mom doesn't know really much anything about Leonard Bernstein, uh, but she loves Bradley Cooper. So we started to watch it. And he gets up, he lights the cigarette, and he jumps on the bed. And Matt Bowers in bed, and he starts playing bongos on his ass. And she goes, huh, 
is that a man? <laughs> and I said, yeah, Ma, he was gay. And she's like, oh, I saw the trailer. I thought he was married to a woman. I was like, yeah, gays did that a lot back then. Um, but it, uh, she had no idea that he was gay. But yeah, he played bongos on Matt Bomer's uh, ass. I do want to say, because this cracked me up as I was transcribing my notes this morning, because I make notes on my phone. Um, and I put in there, movie opens with Bradley Cooper and Matt Bomer, and my phone uh, auto-corrected it to Matt Boner, and it <laughs> cracked me up for like five minutes. So I got the sense, right, that he is like legit bisexual. Uh, Leonard Bernstein? Yeah. Um, his kids have said that he was closeted gay. I thought he was bisexual also, and I- Because he like, I mean, he- so, like, and I'll tell you why. Because of that creepy, creepy moment in the movie where he leans to that baby and says, I slept with both your parents. Do you remember that? I don't recall so when that. He came, when out he... Of, he came out of his apartment or whatever, and Matt Bomer- Are we in black it, and white or color? Yeah, black and white. Black, okay. And Matt Bomer's there with his with his lady, and they have a baby. And he's like, oh, it's so nice in New York. Oh, see? It's so nice in New York when you come out of your house, and there's your best friends, and you love them, and ha, ha, ha. Oh, there's a baby. Hey, baby, I slept with both your parents. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, I'm going to go off to work now. And then he and Matt Bomer walk away, silent. None, Miss, of, them, none of them say a word. Missed that part, and kind of glad I did. <laughs> That seems like a very troubling sentence to say to a child. <laughs> it's very unsettling. Um. Anyway, we're going to move on. Move on. So anyway, um, that's why I thought, like totally uh, bisexual. Yeah. He was really into her. Um. According yeah, I mean, to I the... don't know Leonard personally. He's dead. Um. But uh, his kids say, and his I guess his wife said later in life before she died, um, that he was a closeted homosexual and that he, um, tried being straight. But just wasn't. Mm -hmm. I, up until I saw this movie, totally thought he was bisexual. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that he was bisexual. Um, but, I mean, you know, I'm not his kid, so I don't eh, know. Labels. I'm not his wife. I don't know. Labels. Who also, labels? I saw the movie, and I don't know that I believe the kids. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> I did I like- I want to say uh, something else. <laughs> what was the one part of the movie where, like, where, like the, the, the uh, Uma Thurman's daughter- <gasps> Yes, I do want to make note of her casting. Um, yeah. Nepotism. Um, uh, she is played by, where is her name? Maya Hawke, who is the daughter of Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawk and, and Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. She's on Stranger Things. Um, yeah, she plays the older daughter, who's a fine actress. I mean, she seems nice enough. So I, I hate talking ab ill about people who seem nice when I right. see them on interviews and stuff. But I, do, I it was an angry character. I don't care for her acting. Oh no, no. I like her in Stranger Things. I don't care for her in that show either. Isn't it funny how like a person that you just you have um you know it's like my thing. I have no reason to to feel any certain way at all about Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I just see him in a movie and I am automatically assume that he's making that movie because he wants to win an award and that Did he's not. Did you feel sincere. that way when you saw A Star Is Born? Um, kind of. Oh, did you? Yeah. Because like I even made a note here that he played all the same positions in A Star is Born as Maestro. He wrote it. I mean, he wrote the adapted version that he did. He directed it. He produced it. I did not feel as like it was so self-serving as this movie felt. Well, that's because I feel like the star of A Star is Born is Lady Gaga. He wasn't playing the star of the show, so it was a little better. But and and also was Lady Gaga, who is like you know who can do no wrong to me. Yeah. Uh, well, she could do anything. She could do wrong to me. But I think you know what, great. Lady Gaga 
could have written, directed, produced, and starred as Leonard Bernstein in this movie, and I'd give her an Oscar for every one of those positions. I know. And and you know what I so another thing I was thinking about while I was watching this because I know that the guy who starred in Rustin yes is 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 a potential Domingo. is is potentially a for an Oscar and it reminded me of something because you're gonna hate this oh because he's not anymore he is currently just outside the top five expected to get a nomination mm-hmm. well I mean you know let's just not pack it full of straight people playing gay people and I know that everybody likes to shit on bros. Um, but I'm going to tell you, they're not wrong. They still love to play us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they still get rewarded for it. Like, oh, it's sort of. I love the what whale, a troubled life you portray. Last time I checked, Brendan Fraser is a, a straight man. Right. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, as far as I can tell, is a straight man. Well, not for this movie. This movie looked a little gay. But um, he'll he'll probably, he'll definitely get a nomination. Um, but he is vying right now uh, with Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer for the top spot. Uh, the other three spots look like they're going to go to um, not Coleman Domingo. I Off the top of my head, I can't remember who the um, other three I like, are. I liked him in that. And I, would, I loved mean, him I in it. I think he should. He should. Absolutely. Um, um, but but he's probably, I mean, it's all political, too. So you just don't know. Maybe people just don't like him. I mean, I, I read an article where he's like, oh, I'm an offer only actor now. And some people in Hollywood think it's too soon for me to be that way, but you you, you oh. can see my work. You, if you want me, make yeah. me an offer. If you don't, don't. And I was like, I can respect that. That reminds me of Joey Tribbiani when he was um, <laughs> oh Doctor Director Mori, that. and uh, he's telling them that you know they didn't give him the part, and uh, they're like, why? And he's like, they wanted me to audition. And Phoebe goes, an actor audition? That's madness. <laughs> <laughs> that was not just the other day. <laughs> what, what did you think of Sarah Silverman's performance? Um, did you recognize her right away? Because she I was did. a little different. I recognized her right away. Um, she plays Leonard Bernstein's sister, uh, Shirley Ann, in this movie. Um, I like her. I like her in everything. I know that she's one of those very divisive people. Like You either love Sarah Silverman or you can't stand her. I love Sarah Silverman. I thought she was delightful in this. I bought her. As somebody someone would want to hang out with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I liked her in it. I liked her. Yeah. I think that's kind of, she's got a cool, like, like the person she's portraying kind of has a cool life. You have the super famous brother mm-hmm. um, who has all these famous actor friends. And you're just like, oh, you're the socialite in the middle of all I of can't it. tell you the resentment I have for every one of my siblings for not becoming famous. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the other two. <laughs> Speaking of the other two, did you notice that, uh, I think it's season one, the the brother's uh, boyfriend is in this is in he? my show. He's the what I call and, and again I'm just this is just be funny. So if you're listening, please don't be offended by this. Um, but he's like the wish version of Adam Driver, the love interest. He's his boyfriend. Yeah, he's like he's got shorter hair, but they like live together, and they're yeah he's in he's in oh the wait oh look you know when you said that I think earlier? it's the boy the one he's dating before he goes and sees the instagays that have all moved to oh up north when you were saying that um and kind of saying it's the wish wish version of this guy it made me think that um the one that he has he's having the relationship with um who he takes his hand um that drives his Felicia crazy and makes her leave him yeah that's him. Oh, is that him? Yeah. He looks like the Wish version of the journalist from Ted Lasso to me. Oh, he does? Yeah. I was watching that, and I was like, is that the guy from Ted Lasso? I mean, and I, I, mean I say that. I don't mean to be offensive. I yeah. find him, like, like kind of attractive. But yeah. You know the people that are attractive in a weird way? Just like Adam Driver is. 
Um, yeah, I I will go on record saying Adam Driver is the hottest, sexiest, most talented man in the world. He used to be a Marine, and he could probably kill me. So I will tell him anything he wants to hear. He'll tell you too. I've heard like that. Like he got heckled at something when there somebody said something and he told oh. somebody to shut the fuck up. I was like, he should. For you. He's, a, he's a nice guy. Yeah, from TV. Yeah, I don't hang out personally with him. I mean, other than I would. I mean, I wouldn't hang out with Kylo Ren, but I would. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he kind of them rebels got out of line. <laughs> he looks like he needs fixed. I can I fix to, him. I used to like to do that. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, a couple of this. Uh, one of the other things we mentioned. Uh, okay, so we talked about the writing. Bradley. I a choice. I'm sure that he had a reason for it, but the framing of some of these scenes, and I feel like what he was going for was um he wanted us to feel like a fly on the wall or like we were in the room and we're not supposed to be. But some of the framing, like he frames it where they're like far off. Like they're not they're not in frame. They're like far off and we're like in trees or we're behind the crack of an open door. But you it's can't not even, see people who are in the conversation. It's right. and the, what, what's irritating? I get it, right? I get the idea that's like, oh, we want to be, um, you know, we we want to be a fly on the wall. Well, just but pick a part of the wall where you can see everybody. Yeah. So you know, like I pointed out to you earlier, but that that scene when it first goes to color and they're at that party, you know, where he meets the guy that he kind of yeah. starts dating. And the wife is sitting on a windowsill, and there's two other people in the conversation. You clearly see the guy. You clearly see her. And then you see somebody's hand holding a drink. The rest of them's yeah. behind a, a, a drape. Why would that be? Like, why would you say that? That to me is like, like saying like, oh, that looks really good. That's that's edgy. That's gonna be it's artsy. That's the that's the equivalent of that SNL skit of high school kids wearing black. Yeah, like doing that whole that whole ridiculous like that to me is like art for art's sake yeah and i don't i can't imagine if it's like oh you're just somebody in the room who's what eavesdropping if i'm gonna eavesdrop i'm gonna get a clear view yeah i um i get that people want to be artsy and this is one of my biggest complaints with ryan murphy i am watching a movie or a tv show because i want to see the action that's happening I don't need to see it off to the left. I don't need to see it off to the right. I don't need to see it like I'm laying on the freaking floor looking up at the people. Just point the damn camera at the people <laughs> and let them do their acting. I don't need artsy shots. So what were some, so what other ones, right? When they're when they're at the when they're uh, him the and Felicia are at the pool and you're like back in the trees. The entire scene takes place with you watching them like a hundred yards away. Right. And a lot of scenes are that way. You're like watching them far off and then it cuts to another scene and then you're like right up in the face. Perfect. It's when they go, uh, when they're having the lunch and they're talking to Felicia and, and Shirley Ann. He's like right up on their faces and it's like, can we find a happy medium? <laughs> you know what's annoying about the ones that are far away though is that there's always something in the way. So mm-hmm. the fence, you're watching, you're far away and you're peeking through a fence and you're not really seeing the- Yeah, act, the and that's to- what I'm saying. I get what you're going for, but I don't like it. I don't get that. I don't like and it. And then like the scene, the, the very emotional scene, right? Because, uh, and I'm glad we're not going through this like step by step, but so the wife- Felicia, my wife, she, she gets um, she she gets breast cancer and it yes. metastasizes. Yeah, and she gets sick and, and she, she sick. and she dies. Yes, and so there's this very Spoiler sweet. Alert. There's a very sweet moment when he's laying in bed with her when she dies, and it cuts immediately from that to him running outside and comforting 
the daughter, and then the son comes up, and they're all hugging. But you're watching this from the window, from where, the she window died, where she died. Yeah, and and the moment that they all hug is blocked by the pane of the by the or the I don't know what it, the window. It, yeah, it's blocked, and you're just like, why is that? Yeah. I don't get it. It's all very weird choices. If your name is Bradley Cooper and you directed this, <laughs> and you got a free minute, just shoot us an email and tell us, like, what's the Ooh, what's give the us goal? a call. You can find our number online. Give us a call <gasps> for our one hundred or for our fifty second episode. We Bradley will have an Cooper. interview with Bradley Cooper, and we will spend an hour of you him can telling win me us over. what dirt we are. I mean, I love the Hangover movies. Those seem sincere. Mm. It's, I it, like the first Hangover movie. Let's not oh, yeah. give credence. Or let's oh, the not one give... where the guy lost his ear was kind of funny. No. The second and third one, it just gets, it's like the um, American Pie or the Saw movies. Mm. After so much, after it happens over and over, it's it's your fault. Or You're Police doing Academy. It to yourself. Police you know Academy. what? Police Academy, one through seven, great. I don't think we need it in an eight. Hunger Games? Come on. <laughs> you let it happen, what, 79 times? Have you watched the prequel? No, I'm going to see it this weekend. Are you? Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. You watch it. Tell me what you think. But I just, I, I looked up because I, I don't Andreas, want to watch it. The bad guy's going to be the hero. Yeah, Andreas I don't know. and I go to the movies. Um, that's my movie going buddy. Um, so he's like, I really want to see this. So we're going to go see it this weekend because with the holidays and everything, we haven't been able to uh, line up schedules. And then I looked it up to see when it's playing. And the thing's nearly three hours long, and I'm like, "Good lord, what is up with movies now? They're, They're long. Everything is so long. This movie was over two hours right. long. This is over two hours. The 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 moon and the the wolves in the moon. What is it called? Oh, the um the moon one. The the new one on Netflix. The the, no. the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, that one. That's oh, that's three hours. Yeah, it's that's three and, and a half long. hours. Too long. Too long. I mean, I might sit on my couch and watch TV for nine hours in a row. But I like the 30 minutes. I, like yeah. I like the I break every 30 minutes. I need to know when I can turn it off if I want to. Um, Do you so think we you, can get Leonardo DiCaprio for our 50 seconds? No. No, he's too big. We can get a Bradley Cooper, but we're not going to get a Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> How do we get a Leonardo DiCaprio? Well, well, we, we got to be a 22 year old. I know. Girl. I was going to say, like, how old is Caitlin? <laughs> can Caitlin get him? Uh, he likes young women. Um,. So, yes, the fight scene, we talked about this. I love the fight scene. I don't like that it's like we're sitting in a chair in the corner watching it like we're creepers. Um, but I like the energy between the two. Oh, I think yeah. they have great chemistry. That's where, like, they really shine. Yeah. Like, that's where the acting started. Yeah. and But there's a couple of lines that I absolutely loved that are in this movie that are credited that she actually said to him. Um, and the first one is when they're having that argument and she says... Um, if you're not careful, you're going to die a very lonely old queen. And they, they, she apparently actually said that to him, and it really kind of triggered him to think, oh, I, I am. I'm going to die alone because I keep screwing up the people in my life. You know, um, yeah, I like that line. And she had another good one uh, later on when she's at that scene that you you referenced and was close up, and she's at lunch in the with luncheon, her daughter yeah. and his sister. And she's like, oh, tell me about your date. Because she like met somebody went on a date. Oh, yeah. But it was just a guy who wanted her to introduce him to another guy. And she goes, it appears I have a type. I'm like, good for you, girl. Um, but after that scene, because they end up reconciling, Leonard and um, uh, Felicia. And she goes to, did you watch the actual footage of this concert? Because it's on YouTube of him um, playing in that cathedral. And uh, as crazy as Bradley Cooper is, he is that crazy yeah. when he's actually doing it. Apparently, he's that cuckoo when he's uh, conducting. 
Very um, passionate. Yeah, very passionate. Very passionate. Um, so he's doing it, and she they had been separated at this point, and she comes up, and he sees her after he finishes, and he runs over and gives her a kiss. And um, um, she says to him, and she has this realization beforehand, um, but says, I realize there's no hate in your heart. Meaning, I know that you're not screwing these guys because you hate me or because you're incapable of loving me. It's just who you are, that you love men, and it's not because you hate me that you're with them. Yeah, but she knew that before they got married. She did, but I don't think she truly accepted who he was until that point. Right. Um, but, I mean, she makes she says, I know who you are. Let's give this a try. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. But you know what my other favorite thing? This is stupid. This is just me yelling things at a movie that I'm not completely invested in. But when at the very beginning, um, when they first get together and um, she takes him to the theater mm-hmm. and they're doing their little scene at the theater and she's hugging him and she goes, she goes, I like the way you smell. And I looked at Jen and said, what, dicks and cigarettes? <laughs> What else is he going to smell like? He constantly blows smoke in her smoking. face. But it was like blowing Always it right in her face. Smoking. The, the, the fact that I didn't go buy a pack of cigarettes after this movie speaks to the power of my I I my feel being. like cigarettes are making a comeback in movies again. Yeah. Like people are always like, is there, did we forget? Didn't we take that out of the movies so that people wouldn't smoke so much? Yeah. Yeah. I just watched. And I know you haven't watched it, so I'm not going to go into too great detail because I really want you to watch this movie. I watched Saltburn this past ah, week. Ah, yes. Um, and there's a lot of smoking in that movie, too. There's also drinking of bathwater and stuff with period blood. I really need you to watch this movie <laughs> so I can talk to you about it. Um, but there's some weird, crazy shit in this movie. Uh, but yeah, smoking seems like it's making a comeback. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, so um, I did make some notes here. Um, I referred to Bradley Cooper as the new Barbara Streisand in this movie <laughs> where he writes, directs, produces. Um, I honestly believe that these passion projects is the reason why he's been nominated for nine Academy Awards and he has not won a single one. I think people like, oh, yeah, he's a good he's a very talented actor and he's got some skills. We'll give him a nomination. But I think that self-indulgence makes people not want to give him the Oscar. But I honestly think he's yeah. going to get the Oscar this year. You know what? I Here's what I think happened. He's been nominated so many times and he hasn't won. And then he starts looking back at Oscar movies and he's like, wow, you know, there's Amadeus and Tar got a nomination yeah. and, and how do I get nominated again? So he takes the scripts for all of these shows about conductors and musicians and he puts them into chat GPT and he says, spit me out an Oscar winning thing. And, it's a, and then it said... Don't don't um don't get into the room when you're when you're filming it. Like mm-hmm. film it from a different room and do this and this and don't have a script and and yeah and here you go make this movie and then they did. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. I just I was disconnected. If everybody else loved it, then good, good for him. Yeah. It was. I mean, I'll a lot do of one better. I'm pretty sure he watched the Oscars last year and saw a beloved straight actor play a gay man slathered in prosthetics and makeup and saw him win the Oscar. He said, that's me next year. <laughs> they stripped the, strapped the nose on him. He learned the voice. He learned the mannerisms. And he's like, I don't suck dick in real life, but I do in this movie. Come on, Oscar. <laughs> and there was, but there wasn't anything um, overtly sexual about this movie. There wasn't in the whale either, except for the opening scene where he jerks off. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, that was more, I mean, all they did, like, there was a kiss and a handhold. 
Yeah. Do you know, I will say, though. Well, bongos on the butt. One thing that I absolutely loved yeah. was the performance of the wife. <gasps> Carrie she's, Mulligan. She will definitely get an Oscar nomination. She's delightful. What was She was in something. <gasps> Did you ever see Pretty Young, Pretty Young Women? No. Oh, my God. You need to watch that movie. It's actually from the writer and director of Saltburn. Oh, really? So good. Um, that's not the it's not the one where I don't know. Uh, no, there was something else that she was in um, recently. Urgh. I wrote it down. Did I? Did you? See. I know that she. I mean, she's been nominated for like three or four Oscars. She's super talented. Also, my brother informed me I don't watch this, but apparently she was a really big character on Doctor Who, oh. like a really popular character. It's gonna make me crazy. You chat for a second. She's also British. Really? Yes. And while you're looking that up, I will reenact an interview I saw with her. So yeah, I was talking to Bradley Cooper, and Bradley Cooper was like, "I want you to be in my movie," and I said, "I'd love to be in your movie." So that's what she sounds like. She's British. That was a British accent I did there. All right. Okay. So it's Carrie right. Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. I, her up. I um, guess I could have just asked you that part. She, uh, oh, what was it? She just, she was nominated for an Oscar either last year or the year before for Pretty Young Women. And then uh, the year before that, she got- Oh, The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. She was in The the Great Gatsby. Promising Young Woman. Um, She was in Dry, Promising Young Woman. I my apologies. And Education. She got nominated for that, I'm pretty sure. Um, But I mean, she's pretty, she's only 38, and I think she has like three Oscar nominations. She's stunning. Uh, She will definitely get an Oscar. She's such a talented actress. I love yeah. how I made you look that up, but I have her bio pulled up right here. <laughs> I didn't even think to like, oh, well, I'll just tell him what's on it. So kudos to her. Um, she was great. What she you... was magnificent in this. Are we ready for Rotten Tomatoes? Um, also, she dated Shia LaBeouf. Anyway. Uh, um, that's where she gets most of her. That's where she got most of her patience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So uh, contrary to what your feelings are, I do know that this is getting positive reviews. Um, I don't know what the audience reviews are. I haven't really read up on what the audience is saying, but I do know critics love it. So I'm going to say critics 87 and I'm going to say audiences. I don't know. They don't really go for biopics. So I'm going to say 82. I think this kind of lines up with where I, where I am with it. Um, cause I would say shows that I really like end up in the nineties. Um, this is critics 80. Okay. And audience 70. That makes sense. I think, and this is one of those movies where I think the performances are going to get a lot of attention, but I think people are just confused by the writing and some of the direction in this. And by some, I mean all of the direction in this. Yeah, all of the reviews that I saw were basically like the performances were fantastic, um, but it, 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 the the style or whatever it just left a bunch of holes. Oh, yeah. I did want to say a thing of something I liked about the style of it. Whenever whatever time frame they were depicting yeah it was filmed in that style yes so black and white old hollywood and that's what i'm saying like the, really the, cool. the, and then the, 70s had a real 70s feel yeah to the it. banter back and forth the old the golden hollywood yeah. era the the dialogue was back in the when it was black and white i did appreciate that i like that choice yeah next time maybe frame them a little better yeah you know that's all that's all yeah i i adore you bradley and cooper i think you're great get somebody else to star in it <laughs> or get somebody else to direct it oh, don't yeah, do yeah. everything give yourself yeah. a break yeah. Anyway, Carrie Mulligan has two Oscar nominations, an education and promising young woman. She'll get a third here. She probably won't win. Um, everything that I have seen so far this year, I honestly think that she should be the front runner, but I have not seen everything. So I am going this weekend to see um, 
what's that one with Emma Stone? Oh, really? Poor things. Poor things. Um, she's getting a lot of attention for that one. You're gonna, you're, you are gonna have to pay me money and drag me to the theater to see that. Really? Yeah. It doesn't look intriguing to you. You know what? This has ever happened. <laughs> this is so stupid of me, but it's a thing. It's a thing. There are movies that I just see, and I see the manner in which they're filmed. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, um, what's the West guy? Wes, not Craven. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson movies. I look at the, the style of that and the graininess of the footage, and I think, they're not filming this in an air-conditioned room, and I'm going to sweat <laughs> when I watch this. And I don't want to sweat when I watch a movie. I just feel like I'll be uncomfortable but I mean, I like Emma Stone. Yeah. Did you watch? Um, because uh, the director who did this, he's the one who did two years ago the Olivia Coleman movie that won her the Oscar. Um, my f- the favorite about Queen Victoria. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the same guy. Same guy. I didn't watch that movie either. Oh, it's a good movie. You should watch it. I like her. She beat Lady Gaga for the Oscar for the Bradley Cooper movie. Look how full circle we came. <laughs> um, my brother also won't go see this movie because he researched it. It's very loosely based on kind of the Frankenstein story, but apparently what he tells me, I haven't seen it yet, is that um, uh, they take a brain from a young girl and put it in this body, and that it's about her going around having sex with people, and he goes, it's just weird that a 13-year-old brain, it's a sex movie with a 13-year-old brain and a a body that was pieced together, it makes him very uncomfortable, and I was like, me too, but I'm still going to see it. What do you think the legality is on that? I mean, it's Emma the, Stone who is over 18, but the, I mean, there, so there is no 13-year-old having sex in the movie, but she has the mindset, and that's that's just a bridge he can't cross. So if you were like, you know, like, oh, so like Benjamin Button, like he could, as soon as he was born, right? He Yeah, he, he could, looked like he a 90-year-old man. He could go man. at it, but, but he's a kid. when he's like 100, it's like, you can't do anything. Yeah. Mm. Way to paint the me not wanting to be Benjamin Button. What a shitty life. <laughs> Although there's that sweet pot, sweet spot where sweet you're spot Brad, where you're where, where you're, you're old Brad enough Pitt to enjoy. And you're it. old enough to enjoy it and young enough to have the stamina. <laughs> mm. That's the Brad Pitt I want right. to be. So, so the most interesting thing about I think what we have to to talk about is the second thing that we decided. Now we watched this thing. So what we decided to do is like sometimes we get a little wordy. I, I want to stop. What you decided. <laughs> so we watched this other show, and and halfway through it, I looked at Jen and I said, "Do you want to get really mad at me?" And she said, "What?" And I said, "If we talk about Maestro too long, we won't even get to this." <laughs> <laughs> she was so pissed. Um, so what happened? What happened was what the, happened was the other day I woke up and like turned my TV on, and there was this advertisement on my TV because it like gives me suggested shows to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't even have. Pluto on as an app on my TV, but it popped up as a suggestion that Naked Boy singing, and I was like, oh. ah, "Jeremy likes penises. Maybe this would be an enjoyable you know me show. So well, <laughs> maybe this would be an enjoyable show to watch." And so, and I have seen the Off Broadway performance when I lived in New York before, yeah. and it was funny and it was great. And I went to see it at the Parliament House when it was open, yeah, which had some friends of mine in it. And I'll tell you what, don't go see your friends naked, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just for me, I'm a very prudish kind of a person. I and I was like, I didn't hear the story, and I'm going to tell you the story because I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this. But a few years ago, when I had I was I'd been living in Orlando for a few years, and I had a friend who I met through a friend um, who's a straight guy. But we had 
um, kind of just hit it off. And we started to hang out. It was, I call it the summer of, 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 of fun. I don't really call it that because I would have known it off the top of my head. <laughs> but we'll call it the summer of fun. I met him in June and I, we, there was like this summer of just like this good time. Uh, this uh, the fun that we had. But he was a straight guy. I called him Twilight because he looked like Robert Pattinson to me. And uh, we got really close really fast. And we hung out like every day. And um, there was nothing sexual going on because obviously he's straight and, you know, I wasn't going to like, you know, force anything. Get arrested. Uh, yeah. So um, we were at a party. He, uh, we hung out with a bunch of full sale people. I don't want to go into the details, but the way I met him was at this house party. It was all full sale people. So for this summer, I basically was just the old guy who hung out with full sale students. <laughs> I was a little older than all of them. Um, Montana's calling again. Sorry. Um, so... Um, we had a really good summer and part of uh, this summer involved going to a party and he got completely wasted and could not stand. So asked me to help him to the bathroom and I did. And he said, because you're such a good friend, I'm going to show you what it looks like. And he did. And I don't remember what got us started on the naked boy singing, uh, but he showed me and I was like, oh, good for you. Straight guy. Claims he's straight. Anyway, he's married to a woman now, so I hope he doesn't listen to this. Did, um, I mean, was that like, here, reward gay? You like to see penis? Kind here, of. look at mine. Kind of. What an interesting reward. It was very reward. weird. It was a very weird party. But it was a really weird time in my life, and it was a weird time in his life, and it was a weird group we hung out There's with. There's a softball team I play on in a different city than the one we're sitting in now. And there's a straight guy on that team who the first time that the team went out drinking, um, he showed everybody pictures of his penis. Yeah. Now, I um, I was not there, um, so I did not see them. I, I could really. Like I'm I said, sorry? I'm prudish, and I could really care less. Um, but, you know, I always find that interesting. Like, oh, you guys must like penis. Look at mine. All right. So we looked at a bunch of penis. We did. We did. So we, we decided to watch Naked Boy Singing. Uh, because I had seen it, I suggested that we watch it. Yes. And, and two minutes into it, I completely regretted it. I wanted to text you and say, if you haven't watched it, let's stop. Um, but I thought maybe he's already watched it. So I just went, I went full in, went the full Monty. Yeah. Full into it. First thing I want to say off the bat, this is trash. This is utter trash and the worst thing that I have ever watched for this podcast and maybe the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Let's let's compare this. Would you rather watch Naked Boy Singing Again mm. or the second act of Hadestown? I would rather watch the second act of Hadestown while someone punched me in my balls. <laughs> this thing was so stupid and so awful. The first thing I noticed is the opening credits. There's... 13 writers. That is too many writers for anything. You don't need 13 writers, particularly for your shitty little show. The songs aren't that good. Do you know what a lot of it like reminded me of too was that like it was the video equivalent of like a glam shot session. Oh my god, yeah. You know, like with the weird angles and like the lighting. Watching and- it, I was like this had to have been filmed in 1985, but it was filmed in 2007. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that. 2007 is when yeah. it came out. That's my husband calling. And I hated it. Is he in Montana? Because he's also calling me. <laughs> Why is my husband calling you? Probably to tell me Naked Boy Singing sucks. So it does. I, I got to give you that. Sorry, I'm getting verklempt. Um, I did not see 
the show when you saw it in New York. And I also did not see the show when you saw it here locally. So this is so you have other things to base it off. This is solely based off of you know I the, only watched this. You're the guy who um who performed at the Watermark Holiday Party with Heather. Yes. He was in it. Which role? <laughs> I think he wasn't the entertainer. That was that was Kevin Kelly. Second worst song in the show. The entertainer? Yes. It's hard to pick the worst. Oh, I the picked wor- it. The worst is the locker room. Yes, that's what I put. What is it? Hump you gotta be a humpy horny something. Stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. Muscle addiction. Is that what that's that one, right? Uh, it's gotta be. Absolutely stupid. Stupid song. I don't know which one of the 13 writers wrote that song, but you need to fire him. So, you know what? I, I went through um, and I wrote down the name of every song. Oh, mm-hmm. and then I talked about cast members. So, it started off with, there was the opening song. And the opening song is cutesy, kind it's of fine. like, they come out and they're naked. And I kind of, I will say, I like the premise of the show. It's basically like, you might think we're hot. You might think what we look like without our clothes on. Well, here it is. Here's Here is the And now you're going to, now what? And that's Can I just say right thing in the beginning? Um, the guy whose cell phone rang, which, by the way, is a flip phone, uh, plant. Oh, 100%. Plant. Don't try to play it off like that's it. Oh, you have to get up here. It's so ridiculous. It's like it's when you talk to a obvious. kid. It's like when you talk to a kid. And it's like, oh, you better go to bed. Santa's coming. And everyone knows around that you're full of shit. But we're all pretending that's what that felt like, and I hated it. My favorite part of watching this, though, was at the beginning of the show, they like that they let the audience come in, and they show the audience coming in, and every time they'd go to the audience and somebody would sit down, I would go, pervert. Yeah. <laughs> pervert. First of all, <laughs> entire front row looked like perverts. I'm pretty sure on a list. Um, secondly, um, you don't need to cut to the audience in a show like this. Throughout the whole thing, they kept cutting to the audience. They're like, ha, 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 ha. No, one time they did. What song was it? Um, uh, um, oh, Fight the Urge. That's the one where the guys were like, oh, we've been playing our sports, and now we have to shower with the hot guy, uh. um, and so we got to cover our junk. Um, they they panned to the audience, and there was, an, there was an older dude in the audience licking his lips. Ew. I was so grossed <laughs> out by that. Anyway, there's so much canned laughter in this. Um, And then also reading, because I went on IMDb, and some of the reviews for this were cracking me up. But everyone pointed out, first of all, they're lip syncing. If you're going to record a stage show were live, they? They, everybody kept saying this. Is, everyone's lip syncing. They can't have. That's they couldn't they have. That's what they said. They recorded it with that sound? With that sound. They and sounded then they that were like, bad recording They it? never cut to the audience when the audience was laughing. I'm using air quotes. Um, but it was the most canned sitcom sounding. Like, it's like, and then I shake my penis. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. And it's like, no. You know, I want to. There was there's there's two people I want to talk about that were in this. Sure. Um, one is it's a Kevin Stia. I don't know. He was the guy who who sang the Entertainer. No, the guy with the big balls. No, no, no. Kevin Stia. He was the guy who sang the the song, the cleaning guy. So okay. He, he was the cleaning guy. That was cute. The first song, the cleaning, where he's talking. Absolutely loved that song. I thought it was cute, adorable. Had a perfectly nice penis and body. Had a tramp stamp. Loved it all. Do you want to know? Do you know what else that guy has been in? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Would it surprise you to know that he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? 
As who? I don't know. Oh. But he just uh, and that he was in Austin Powers Gold Member. As who? <laughs> he was in Rent. As who? He was in The Birdcage. As who? <laughs> 13 going on 30. I'm going to need to know who. And Showgirls. Back background dancer? I must have been. It must be background Good dancer in all him. of these. I'm pretty sure that in like I'll be honest, in he, Bird was Cage, he was one of my the... favorite of the naked boys that were singing. He looked familiar like I had seen him anything. My favorite was Ethan Lafong. Um he was the the guy who sang the second Perky little porn star. No, the second oh. Windows song. <sighs> he Every was good. one of the No, every one of the Windows songs sucked. And I mentioned this to you earlier. When you're in a show like this, don't give me serious love songs like, oh, I'm longing for you. Oh, I want to be my authentic self. No, you're naked and you're shaking your dicks on stage. Give me funny songs. Sing about being a naked maid. Singing about getting a circumcision. Singing about, oh, I might get an erection in my high school my locker room. Don't sing about how you're looking out a window at a guy who probably doesn't know you're staring at him while you're taking your clothes off. It's creepy. Um, well, and then they did like that slow dance and like he rolled over him. And all I kept thinking is like, you're rubbing your balls all over this guy's back. Yeah. So I want to point out about Ethan because I thought he was good. Sure. Ethan's really good. He had a, he had a very beautiful voice. Uh, he was good. Um, that I noticed that he's also in a show called Big Gay Love. And that has Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer in it. Big Gay Love? Yeah. What is that? And it's a movie that he's in. I think that's going to be on a podcast. Yeah, and he was in a musical called Jerry Springer the Opera. (gasps) I have heard of Jerry Springer the Opera, where he does one of his shows in hell. Oh. Yeah. Well, we definitely need to check check that out. out. So anyway... um, yeah, there was the 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 there was a song, the porn star one, perky little porn star. Yeah, he's still he he's a bunch of different TV shows. Like he's still, yeah. I mean, he's obviously older now. This is what twenty or eighteen years ago, seventeen years ago, something like that. Um, so he's still. But I would I was like I like that song. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's good. It's twink, a funny song. Twink dancing naked, singing it's about being stuck, a porn star. It's What's stuck to, love? to the funny songs. This whole thing needs to be just fin- funny songs. Here, I'll tell you how to make it better. First, get rid of all the songs that are window to window. Window to window reprise. Don't, you, no, this kind of musical, you don't need any reprise. No, just get rid of all the sappy songs. Everything should be funny. Everything should be uh, hilarious. Everything should be naked. Not once did anyone pull their wiener out during Robert Mitchum. And if you don't, if you're a naked boy singing show and you have a song where nobody's naked, get cut it. Get it out of the show. You don't need it. I, I want to say, like, while you're making these suggestions, the songs that remain still did suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, they had their wingers out. So. <laughs> what was the one song? I wrote this down, like, La 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 Dictionary Song. Um, There's some. There was something about a dictionary song. It, I just remember it being so painful that Jen just screamed, like, can we stop this, please? And then there was... um. Uh, a song towards the end. I don't know if you remember this, but there was like somebody was singing, but it sounded like they were screaming in a really high voice. Um, ninety percent of them. Yeah. Anyway, it was just like Jen my asked if we part- could watch it without the sound. <laughs> I was, I was going through the reviews on IMDb, and my favorite review is it starts off with warning, spoilers. What the fuck are you spoiling in it? Nobody gives a <laughs> shit about the story. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, warning, spoiler, the guy in the window was actually looking at him. Like, I do want to say, um, it is, the film is directed, um, 
uh, edited, and he lists himself as director of photography, um, Troy Christian, who I think this may have been the first time he ever used editing software. Because the amount, like somebody must have sat him down and said, look at all the neat things you can do with this film. You can um, cut to this camera, cut to this camera, cut to this camera. You can slow-mo. You can do strobe lighting. And he said, let's do it all. It was so obnoxious. Like, I thought I was going to have a seizure. The strobe lighting was, was a little much. Um, the They must have had like nine cameras. And at like five points in the show, he just was like, camera one, camera two, camera three, camera four, camera one, camera two, camera three, camera four, and just went back and forth. It was so obnoxious to the point where I was like, Troy Christian, I hope you never made another thing. And it seemed like he made nothing for like 15 years until he made, according to Internet Movie Database, one of the best documentaries of the year about (laughs) vineyards. Uh, in 2019, so or 2021, I'm sorry. It's called The Perfect Vintage. It's it currently like naked sitting... grapes hanging. No, no, it's just about vin- uh, wineries. <laughs> and speaking he's... of naked grapes, <clears throat> that... it's at an 8.3 on IMDb right now. So I'm going to wow. check it out. Yeah, that one guy who sang the Entertainer. <gasps> All balls. The size of those things. It looked like I had to zoom in. I thought yeah. I was looking at a person with three penises. I When he first walked out, I was like, ooh, he's got a huge penis. Then I realized he does not have a huge penis. He has very huge saggy balls. But it's like, it, yeah. I mean, they sag down past his penis, and then his balls look like the like heads of other penises. Yeah. It's Because they match his penis. It's very weird. I don't understand what I was looking at. Now, I know that we're probably not supposed to just look at people and comment on their on what no like. when you were in a show called naked boys singing the number one thing you comment on is the penis i mean we watched the show to see the penis yeah so we're gonna comment on it i certainly didn't watch it for the singing oh well we didn't keep watching it for the singing <laughs> no um anyway all i can say is troy christensen do better pluto do better <laughs> and uh you just made so fierce one of jeremy's favorite shows yeah you know, we've watched shows that I had would watch ratings. three seasons of So Fierce. Can you remember, like, what's the worst rated show we watched? Do you know? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I know that one of them was, like, rated in the 30s or the 50s, right? Was that Fran Drescher Christmas movie in the 30s? <laughs> I feel like that was probably low rated. Um, I mean, we've watched some crap. We've watched some crap. But this, what do you think this, I, uh, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes are? 9% on both. Um, I mean, there is a nine. It's not like ninety. What if it was you with your face right now? <laughs> I would give up on humanity. Um, so naked boy singing. Um, the critics sixty-seven. Critics are stupid. And audience forty-nine. Yeah, I'm I'm with the audience. But isn't that still high though? Because we've watched That's far too high. This, according to much this, like I think the audience was when they watched this. Yeah, according to this rating, terrible. Absolutely trash. It can't garbage. be the worst thing we've seen. I the best thing to come out of this show is that Pluto has commercials, and I learned about Wingovi, <laughs> which, um, with the background song of "This Is Me," or "This Is Is That What It Is?" This is me from uh, the Greatest Showman. Yeah, they've got that in the background, and it's skinnier people who are coming in. They're like, "I used to be fat, but I took Wingovi, and I learned that if I take Wingovi, I can lose weight." 
It's the best thing I took away from this show. <laughs> this is the only show that we've watched that I, I seriously just wanted to turn it off and then tell you when we got to it. I didn't watch past this point. I yeah. couldn't do it. It was tough. Um, I This is probably way too much information, but something else that really killed me in watching this show is I may have pleasured myself before I watched it, so the penises did nothing for me. <laughs> Uh, I really should have held off because I think I would have enjoyed the show more. What you really should have done was just kind of held that to yourself. <laughs> uh, I was like, mm, these penises aren't doing anything Wait, for me. I'm so curious about yeah. this. So you said, I've got to watch Naked Boy singing. But before I do. Actually, well, since you asked, I watched I Maestro. I regret my question already. And then I went to... Uh, the bathroom <laughs> and I was scrolling through my phone while I was going to the bathroom and I thought huh that is a handsome man and I thought I should take care of some business before I go to bed and then I took care of my business and then I realized oh shit I've got to watch Naked Boy singing before I go to bed it's for the podcast so then I went out and watched Naked Boy singing at like 10 30 last night so you really liked Maestro that much it did it for you um, I tell you, Matt Boner and something are really doing uh, for me. A Barry Manilow lookalike, and Ian McKellen lookalike. Oh. <laughs> he said, "You shall not pass," and I said, nah, "I think I might. I think I might." <laughs> and you might want to get out of the way. Indeed, that is also what uh, Paul Rubens heard. No, that's what Paul <gasps> oh, Rubens he said. Died. You might want to get out of the way. He's dead. He is now. He is. God bless him. Love that man. Not enough to watch him at Naked Boy singing, but I loved him. He was a good man. Whew. I mean, I could probably put together a cast that I'd be interested in watching. Mm, yes. Yeah, so should we, we do. do that? We should do a dream cast. Should we? Who would you have in your Naked I Boy mean, singing cast? But it would have to be like, oh, do you know what I saw this photo of recently? It was of Justin Bieber and mm. Sean Sean Mendez like embraced, and I thought, is that is that artificial intelligence? Yes. Okay. Those two would never hug. <laughs> um, One of them just likes to wave from across the room. I don't know who would be in my full cast, but I'm pretty sure uh, the two leads from Red, White, World, Blue. Can they Did, sing? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> Actually. It kind of does because we just watched it. Prince Hen- The guy who plays Prince Henry, he was in the Amazon version, the Cinderella movie they did, and he sings in it, and he's got a good voice. Huh. Yeah. Um, he's also in a, a show coming out in 2024 where he's uh, Julianne Moore plays his mother. She's the queen of England or some country. Uh, it's like back in medieval times. And he's the prince. And, and he she falls has, in love with an American. She has him seduce a king so that they can get him uh, get part of his kingdom or something. But it's full of so much sex. I love it. I don't know. The way you just said that. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear piggyback my Piggyback off the story you just told us. <laughs> Is a clear indication that we're done. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was a good, good week of television. And we'll watch something next week. I don't think we've discussed what we're going to watch, but um, we'll watch stuff. Dick's the Musical is is cheaper now, so maybe we'll Finally. watch that. <laughs> Finally, I don't have to pay 40 well, some bucks other, for it. Some other crap show that we get to talk about. Um, what's up with Dick's? Well, I hope that you all enjoyed your New Year's Eve. Yes. Um, I look forward and to if- 2024 and what we might be able to bring you. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. Two episodes away, we've got our annual, our, our one-year anniversary coming up, and we will have something. 
Um, and it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot, a lot of enjoyment. So, uh, but until then, uh, enjoy your new year. And uh, the cork is back in the bottle. <laughs>